Oh, just sorry. All right, welcome back to the 7-Minute Theologian. I'm Luke Calvert with Mitch Green today, and today we're talking about the Trinity. Now, we're going to take the Trinity, and we're going to turn it into two parts. I know we've done the 7-Minute thing, so... <laughs> so this uh, is the 14-Minute This is the 14-Minute theologian. theologian, but we're going to do part one of the Trinity. We're going to give you kind of the, uh, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of the Trinity and why it's important to understand the Trinity. This is a very large topic, and so the second part is kind of how the, the Trinity has been revealed to us over time, and that will help us now live out a life that is impacted by the Trinity. So tonight or today we're going to start talking about what the Trinity is, who are the persons of the Trinity, and why is it important that we know those things. So first and foremost that we must understand is this. Why does understanding the Trinity and how our God is triune, three in one, how does that help us love him, understand him, interact with him? And I'm going to explain it kind of simply in this way. So I want you to think about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Father is the lover who sends the Son, who is the beloved Son, and then the Spirit comes, who is sent by the Father as well, to bear witness to the beloved or to bear witness to the Son of God. So we have the lover, the beloved, and the one who comes to bear witness of that mm-hmm. beloved. Uh, so easier thinking about it like this. Father initiates, the Son works through all things that God is initiating, and then the Spirit is perfecting the things in which the Father and the Son have done. So we must understand the Holy Trinity, the triune nature of God, is distinct, different, and completely unimaginable compared to all of the other religions. All other religions, and, and very a lot of philosophers in the old, when they're trying to figure out what the Trinity was, push back on the Trinity. Because there can only be one God. There can be only one individual God. Well, the essence of one individual God is entrapped in his own love. And that's what we want to get to. What is different about our God is that he is three in one. Perfect in union, perfect in communion, and perfect in loving one another. So when they begin to create the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it does say in Genesis chapter 1, let us create. Uh, what happens is they are expressing and exploding the love in which they have in between one another to their creation. And so one of my favorite ways I've seen it put is, is just like this. Why was it good that our God is triune? It's good that the Father is triune because he rejoices in having another beside him, and he finds his very self, the Trinity, our God, in pouring out his love. That creation is the spreading diffusing, and the outward explosion of that love. Yeah, so, so it's like our God exists in community, which is a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the important thing for us to remember here, so, okay, Christian is, Christianity is monotheistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the earliest, you know, religions in the world that believes in only one God. All religions of the day, you know, um, they're they many gods, you know, mm-hmm. thousands of gods. Yep. Um, so Christian the, Christianity is monotheistic. And that's Meaning? Very, meaning one God, which is very, very important. Um, Jew, the, the Jewish people um, held to this very importantly. Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, you know, I am the Lord your God. Um, declare it, write it on your doorpost. Um, I am one. Um, very, very important for them to understand about their God. But yet we see Jesus who comes, who's fully God, who's fully man, and now they have to wrestle with this expression of God that they've not seen before, as you were saying, we'll tackle. Yeah, we'll tackle more in the next podcast, kind of why that, how that fleshes itself out over time. 
but they, we see this expression of Jesus, and then in Acts, we see the coming of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we see these three unique persons that are all God in themselves. So it's important that we hold to there being one God, but it's also important to hold that our God is three, that he's triune. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, again, you even see in the very beginning, you know, Matthew chap- chapter you know, 28. 28, we see baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit which again is a very cool picture of welcoming you into this relational life with the Trinity. Yeah. Our experience with God is inherently triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now let's talk about how those three persons work themselves out in the Trinity. So let's start with the Son. I want you to think about the Son of God as the very communication of the Father, Right? Paul says he is the image of the invisible God. Yeah. That when Jesus comes in flesh, now, very important, that the Son of God is, has, has existed for all of time. Yeah. Before yeah. he came in flesh as Jesus, the Son of God is, you know, is before and yeah. after time. Yeah. John chapter 1, in Always. the beginning was the Word, and, and the, the word, word was with God, God and, and that's word, a reference to word, Jesus. And the Word was God, right? Yes, the Word, the word is, was God. Right, so Jesus ex- existed before he came in flesh, but when he did come in flesh, he came as the very Word of God, meaning the communication of God, that he is the image of the invisible God. Whatever Jesus does is a reflection of the Father's love and heart for his creation. So understand that we have the Son who's the beloved Mm-hmm. word and communication of God. We have the Holy Spirit. The, the Personally, he is the third person of the Trinity who dwells in the Christian individually and dwells in the church uh, as, as a whole and who renders the presence of the triune God. You see, you take the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He injects that into us, mm-hmm. right? That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit as the church. So how God is now enacting his love to the world, the very vehicle in which he uses is his people through the Holy Spirit. We once built a temple, but now we are the living temple because of the Holy Spirit. And the Father is the sender, the initiator. The sender oversees the Son and his work and oversees the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to get this clear before I push it over to Mitch. The Holy Spirit will always bear witness to the work of the Son of God. Before Before Jesus came on the cross, the Son and the Spirit and the Father were pointing to what the, what the Son would come and do mm-hmm. and reveal himself as the Son of God and then do on the cross. And now ever after, Acts chapter 2, like Mitch alluded, the Spirit is going to bear witness to what happened on that cross in our hearts and change us in that way. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say here is the most—you just, just did this really well, Luke, but the, the best way to understand the Holy Spirit isn't some diagram, it isn't some analogy, it's to look at the gospel, as you just said. So the Father's role— you know, the Father creates all things. He's the creator of all things. But then he tells of the one to come who is Jesus. Jesus comes, die on the cross, and Jesus foretells of the one who's to come, mm-hmm. which is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so we need to understand them. We need to understand the language around it because it helps us understand how we relate to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's very important with yeah. understanding the first part of the Trinity. Yes, we must understand that God is a very personal and at the same time universal God who cares for us deeply and changes us as he reveals himself to us. This triune God is not absent or far off, but deeply intimate with those in which he created. This is the Trinity. This is our triune God as Christians, and this is the 7-Minute Theologian. Thanks for tuning in.